Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder. Have you ever met someone and felt like you've known them for years? <laughs> That's the experience I had recently at the Waco Chamber of Commerce leading Waco Women's Summit. Now, this third year of this series featured four remarkable local women who are distinguishing themselves professionally. And one of those honorees is Jill King of Yaks Incorporated and Bear Arms Brewing. And it is a delight to welcome her to Central Texas Living Podcast. And by the way, you're new to Central Texas, relatively. So welcome to yes, Central I Texas. Am. And just recently, we had our third year anniversary of being here in Texas. So I'm a proud Texan now. <laughs> From... Well, born and raised in Southern California, but like I said, don't hold that against me because we moved to Texas for a reason, um, but we spent uh, six years in Salt Lake City, Utah, and so we're, we moved from Utah to Texas, but you know, we knew that that wasn't our forever home. And, but, uh, you know, we've only been here three years, but we've laid some really deep roots already. <laughs> so you I have. this is my forever home. You have. So, so what attracted you to this part of the country? Well, you know. When my, our son graduated from high school and he left and we became empty nesters and we knew Salt Lake was not our forever home, I just looked at my husband. I said, gosh, the world is our oasis. So where do you want to go? And I always knew that he loved Texas because he had spent uh, time in Texas in the Air Force. And he always just talks talked about how his memories, very, very fond memories of being in Texas. And, you know, we always felt that we aligned ourselves politically with kind of Texas views. And so I knew that was on the very short list. And so I said, hey, let's, let's, we, I had a conference that I needed to attend in Houston. And I knew I didn't really like Houston and I didn't like Dallas, but I'm like, God, Texas is a big state. So let's check it out. And so we came about five days uh, prior to the event, but, um, Probably about four or five years prior to that, I had done a video uh, shoot with three of the universities, one in San Antonio, one in Austin, and one at Baylor. Oh. And so I landed in San Antonio, and I'm like, mm, no, I don't like San Antonio. Then I went to Austin, and I'm like, oh, Austin's nice, but it's still this big city. You know, I've always lived in a big city, and so we wanted just something that was a little bit smaller and a little bit of hometown feel, you know, but still had all the amenities. And so when I drove into Baylor or into uh, Waco, I said, wow, it's green. There's <laughs> trees. There's hills. This isn't the Texas that you see on television. Yeah. And I'm like, it's really beautiful. And then I went onto the Baylor campus. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. 
So then, of course, Fixer Upper comes on the you know television. I'm like, it is as cute as they depict it on the show because I've been there. You know, sometimes you'll see a show and you're like, oh, that place does not look that great. <laughs> but, you know, Fixer Upper did a very good job of showcasing Waco exactly the way it is. And so I said, hey, let's check out the area, you know, coming back to current time. And I said, husband, let's let's check out the area between Dallas and Austin, because that seems to be really kind of what I like. You know, I like water and all those kinds of things. So we just landed. It was in a September, I think, of uh, 17. And we took five days and we had looked at land and I actually fell in love with a piece of property in Aquila. Oh. And because we wanted to buy some land. And I'm just like, wow, well, Waco has one brewery. Because we are craft brewers, and uh, my husband's been a brewer for 30 years, and uh, and I said it might support our needs. You know, it has kind of all the the big city feel, you know, shopping and things like that, but yet it still had a hometown feel, and everyone was so nice when we visited. And so we decided to put an offer in on a piece of land, and in 60 days we were here. We lived in our RV for four months, but we were here. <laughs> well, we are glad you're here. I love that story. That's a great story. Let's talk about the brewery. Then we sure. got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get it all in here in the next few minutes. But I love what you said about the craft of brewing. You said anyone who has perfected a craft works hard for that perfection. Mm-hmm. Our experience in brewing craft beer is no different. We're passionate about making quality craft beer, and we're not afraid to roll up our sleeves bear our arms and work hard to perfect our craft that's the name bear arms brewing brewing yep. so i you know at first i'm thinking oh bear like b-e-a-r baylor bear but no it's bear arms mm-hmm. and so let's let's talk about that i mean you you started this business and then covid hits oh sure yeah you know you uh, bear arms has been around for five years here mm-hmm. in waco they are the oldest craft brewery here in waco and so um, it became available to us in the owners approached us in November of last year. And so we inked the deal and we launched in January of 2020. And so, of course, you know, we're full bar wanting to update the tap room and, you know, just kind of make it our own and, and, and really make it a place where people would love to just come and hang out and it be kind of the, the local hangout where people can talk about, you know, politics and religion and their, you know, woes of their day and just unwind. And, you know, we redid the, the logo and, you know, to something that was just a little bit more broad reaching and just to show people that we're giving it a facelift. We're here to stay and COVID hits March. So, you know, you just start seeing that momentum going and only to just have the rug ripped out from underneath you. But, you know, we've been closed down for seven months. We had curbside sales for crawlers, you know, those are large cans Mm -hmm. and we still have those, but you know, all of our customers from a restaurant perspective um, for their tap sales, those were all gone too because they were closed or then they were open 25%, but just the volume wasn't there. And so, you know, my husband and I just looked at each other and says, wow, are we cursed? But we didn't, we don't feel that way because we, the way that this happened, it really felt like this was meant to be because, you know, we moved to Waco to actually open a brewery um, and we had looked at several pieces of property and we had put offers in and just nothing like got over the finish line. And so when this landed on our lap and it happened so quickly, we're just like, oh, this was meant to be, this is, this is the way it was supposed to be. And no one plans for COVID, but I said, you know, we looked at our business plan and we're just like, hey, we're in this for the long haul. This is not something that, you know, fly by night. We came to Waco for a reason. Our goal was to open a brewery 
not necessarily to acquire a brewery, but it worked out just fine. And, you know, to be able to preserve the legacy of the oldest brewery in town, that actually is an honor for us as well. So that way, you know, to us, it's kind of like iconic Waco. And so it feels good that we preserve that. And now, you know, we just basically are back open. We had to adapt because we're now classified as a restaurant. Right, right. You you partnered with uh, Barbecue. We did partner with Which barbecue. is a pretty good pairing there. Yes, Texas Howard's Barbecue. And man, is it good. <laughs> My husband says... A little commercial there. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we just... You have to adapt. Yes, you know, right. The, the saying, adapt or die, I think mm-hmm. that's the case. And so we, we always wanted food. But when COVID hit, there was just... Everyone was just like, no, we're shut down or whatever. You know, there was no ability to partner. And so now that we have the barbecue and beer, um, it's a perfect combination and we can we can open. And so we've seen people starting to return back to the tap room, which is fabulous. People are going back to restaurants. And so, you know, we're seeing that increase in our restaurant sales as well. And so, you know, I don't know if people are still staying home, which they probably are. Um, but we are not seeing the tourists that we have before. But we had two in today that was very cool in the brewery. And so we are seeing tourism come back to Waco. And I think people are just so excited to be out and about. And even like this weekend, we have a, an event at the where we're partnering up with Waco Axe. And so people can come and actually throw axes and drink beer and eat barbecue. So, you know. <laughs> what's, what's not to love about that? Huh? Right? Sharp <laughs> objects and beer. What's not to love? <laughs> So, you know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, partnering, um, it, that it, that's so important to, to mm-hmm. partner with, you know, local folks and to, to make your, your dollars go further, you know. And so if you're a business in, in Waco and, and how do I grow and expand? And this is something that I do in my, my marketing business at Yaks. And, you know, anytime you can partner with another organization, one and one equals four. So yeah, well, I do that locally too. Yeah, I want to talk about that. A 30-year marketing executive. Yeah. And uh, so you have a whole, whole separate business. You spent most of your career in high tech serving companies like Dell, Sprint, Amazon, Accenture, a lot of startups. Yeah. So tell me about Yaks. And, and really this whole COVID thing has not been a bad thing for that business, huh? Not at all. Actually, we've seen about 30% growth this year. And that's I've, something. I've had to, one of uh, my employees was part-time. She's now full-time. We hired another full-time person. Um, so we're a small boutique firm, but we deal with a lot of Fortune 100 companies, as you could see by <laughs> my bio. But um, for them, they had to pivot as well. So like the brewery, they did things like rebrand themselves and to talk, you know, to make sure that people knew that, hey, we're here to stay get really focused on what it is that we're selling. And because sometimes, you know, these big organizations, they will flatten out and and talk about a lot about all these fringe kind of solutions that they have. But it's like, "Mm, let's go back to the core. So a lot of that required marketing. And so, you know, we redid websites and we redid brands and, you know, the PR and social media had to get really focused. And, you know, they also relied on their partners so that one and one equals four. And they went to their customers and said, hey, we're here to stay. We're doubling down on who we are and what we are providing you. And so even like, you know, some of our our bigger partners as they deal with even their customers, you know, small and medium-sized businesses, what can we do to help them better, be better at their business? And so they're selling products into them. So like Google and Facebook, you know, they're selling into the small, medium business space. And so help develop programs 
to help small and medium businesses succeed with Facebook and Google. So those are some of the things that I work on on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, but let's talk about, though, the, the early days. I mean, you've been doing this kind of work for 30 years. Yeah. And, and you've seen a lot of innovation and, in fact, frankly been involved in some of this innovation. Let's, let's talk about that. I think it's fascinating. God, it is. It's fun. You know, I, I look back on my career and I think, Holy crud, I've done, a, I've done a lot. <laughs> You've done a lot of stuff. But in, in the early years, and in fact, where I met Kevin, um, I think this is where my career kind of took a hockey stick and took off. Um, I was working for a company called New Era Communications, and I was heading up the marketing team. And this is where I met Kevin. He was heading up the systems engineering uh, group. And yes, I did fish off the company pier. But, you know, <laughs> that's an, a, a story for another day. But um, so we were developing voice over IP. And mm. so if any of you are familiar with Skype, um, this is how we make phone calls over the Internet. And so um, to be on that kind of cutting edge and see how it's come to fruition in today's like I was on probably 20 Skype calls today between Skype, Zoom and Teams. That's all voice over IP. And that wouldn't be possible unless it was companies like New Era. And so as I was on the marketing team that launched that industry. And Fascinating. Then, and then when I, la- when I left uh, New Era, I went to a company called um, Aceta Technologies who developed um, virtual private networking. So today while we're all stuck at home in COVID land, um, we are using a virtual private network. So that allows you to connect to your home office securely. And so remote working is available today since you know, we launched our technology back in, you know, the early 2000s. So, you know, and even within the last 10 years, I've been on the cutting edge of cloud and artificial intelligence and machine learning. I mean, and and so to be in some of these top tier, you know, technologies that are really changing our life, it's it's very rewarding. Um, I've even worked with um, customer, my clients that are, mapping the human genome and doing customized medicine and being able to predict the weather and, you know, things that are really absolutely necessary today's survival of humanity. So it, it, it is rewarding. Well, it's, it's, again, it's fascinating to hear you, you talk about your connection to these uh, groundbreaking technologies. What do you see in the future? I mean, what do you see coming down the pike. I mean, we've talked to people on this show about how our lives are probably forever changed because of this COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. Even after things get back to normal, whatever that is, things are going to be different. Yeah, I think remote working is here to stay. Yes. Um, not necessarily from a um, COVID perspective. Yes, it's a safety, but we've realized that we can do it. We can do it productively. And so the fear was always that, oh, people are going to be home and they're going to be like, oh, the dishes need to be done or, oh, my God, it's a beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah, the dog needs letting out. <laughs> yeah, or it's a beautiful day and I'm just going to go to the park and, you know, yeah. but people are, you know, they're responsible and they realize that people can be productive at home and people like it because there's more of a work-life balance. They don't have to spend, you know, 90 minutes in the car each way commuting. And what's happening, too, is businesses are realizing that I don't have to have all these huge brick and mortars. So it's actually less expensive for them to have remote workers. Um, And so I think this is going to be here to stay. This is just my own personal opinion. But, you know, I've spent probably half of my 30-year career working at home. Have you? Oh, yeah. So I was a very early adopter of remote working. Mm -hmm. And I've always traveled. So um, it didn't matter where I was. I could be 
I joke, my husband and I, this was years ago, um, we took a month-long vacation and we went uh, we went scuba diving and we went to Lake Powell and we went to Disney World and <laughs> we went to Grand Caymans. And it was just a lovely month. We've never done anything like this, but we just gallivanted the world and no one was the wiser because we would basically get up in the morning and we would work and we'd send emails and we'd do all these things and no one had any idea we were on vacation because <laughs> we logged in and we did our work and we were productive and even though we were sitting on the beach working no one cared because <laughs> the job got done and yeah then, that's it, the bottom line and you know it's interesting because i built yaks um in 2015 based on that very premise i'm like i don't care where you are you can do your job from anywhere and so i hired employees that could actually be extremely productive working from home um, and it, there's been times when uh, one of my employees wants to go and he was visiting his sister in Las Vegas and he says, I'm going to go work in Las Vegas. He lives in Salt Lake city. And he says, I'm going to go work for my sister's house to visit family. And I had no idea he was in Las Vegas. And, and so I'm <laughs> that like, was news to you. <laughs> exactly. But I didn't care. Yeah. To me, it's the output, right? right you know, exactly. it's, it's not necessarily checking a time clock, but it's just <laughs> getting things done. So well, I, I, I love hearing about your businesses, and it was such a delight to get to hear from the other presenters at the uh, leading Lake o, Waco Women uh, Summit that was uh, held recently. Patricia Capps of Ground Guys of Waco, Patricia Miller, who is a McLennan County Commissioner, and Jennifer Vera of Action Rental. And you can see the video that we did with uh, all, all of you wonderful ladies on the uh, Waco Chamber website. That's WacoChamber.com. You can just click on the YouTube offering there, and the video is the second one down. So cool. now you know how to go see it. It's not even an hour long. It's it's a little less than an hour. We had door prizes and the whole bit. It was it was, it was as if we, we were going to be in the Phoenix Ballroom or some wonderful location and, you know, 200 women there. Next year? Hopefully we're together. <laughs> That's the plan <clears throat> that, that everybody is together uh, then. But what I loved hearing from you that day was, and that was kind of the purpose, how do you mentor other women? Because you've kind of been in a, a rather unusual, type, not a typical ladies type job. Correct. So so how have you men mentored other women and how have you been mentored over the years? Yeah, you know, um, starting my career 30 years ago in tech, um, I was often the only woman in the room mm -hmm. for a long time. And then even when I got further into my career, I, the, gosh, I think I was 28 when I had my first VP of marketing position. Um, so I was quite young, but, um, you know, even to be an executive in tech as a woman was totally unheard of. Um, and so there wasn't a lot of other women as examples. And so some of my greatest mentors were men. And um, I just, I'm, I'm a watcher, I, I observe. And if I see something that I like, I take it and I'm like, I could apply that into my life, right? And so I listen, I watch, and, you know, I'm like, I take bits and pieces from multiple people. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I was always just taught that hard work would prevail. And so if I didn't know something, I'd go and learn it on my own. Um, and if it took me a little bit longer than necessary and I had to work really late nights, then I just wanted to really be known for my outcomes, you know, of my work, outcome of my work. So what was, um, you know, the return on whatever campaign or whatever we were doing? And so slowly but surely people were like, oh, Jill really delivers. Mm -hmm. the, Jill's productivity is really high. Jill's got a lot of energy, you know. 
And so people would just kind of like put me in this kind of leadership role. And I nothing new. You would necessarily were seeking. No, I never set out to be necessarily a leader. Yeah. But, you know, it just kind of happened organically. And Mm -hmm. people would give me projects and things to do because they knew I would get it done. They knew I could be counted on to to get across the finish line. And so then I just realized that, wow, other people are, you know, I've got a bigger team, I've got, you know, and so it just, it just happened naturally. And so then it kind of became a theme for me. And even even to today, it, it's all about outcomes and working hard to achieve what you want. You know, I used to mentor other women and talk about ask for what you want. Um, but it's a little bit more than that. Not only just asking for what you want, but being able to have the expertise to deliver on it. So if I came to you and said, I want this job. And then you responded back to me and said, well, Joe, what are your qualifications? Worry about those qualifications because that's going to lead you to your next opportunity because you have the experience. And even if you say, well, how do I get the experience in pieces, right? You, you just ask for a little bit more like, oh, I, I'll, I'll help with that. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. And just be super eager because I was like that. Or it's like, oh, that's interesting to me. Can I be involved? I don't necessarily, you know, need any compensation for that or whatever that might be. I'll, I'll work on my own time to help with that because I learned just from the experience. Mm-hmm. And so I was really eager in, in my younger career to be able to do that. But I think even people around me, they allowed me to do that. So even my bosses, I'm really grateful to them for saying, sure, I'll have you involved, Jill. And and so I asked, I delivered and worked hard. And so that was kind of my personal motivation. I think, I think drive and goals are motivators for an individual and they can be you can be your own mentor because of those goals and achieving those goals but one of the things that for me in tech women were not always forthright with helping other women it was Mm. really sad actually um they tended to be very territorial because they were very few of us in tech and it's like oh if if you upset my little world don't take it from me you know Mm -hmm. so people were a little defensive But that all changed probably like 10 years ago. I really saw a switch in women. And I love that we are being way more collaborative. We're being understanding, too, of being a mom, that we can have it all. And because in the early years, you know, it was kind of frowned upon that it's like, oh, well, you got to go take your kid to the doctor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was never spoken, but you just kind of felt this little edge, right? Like you could never pinpoint what it was. But nowadays, it's just like, yeah, you know, work in the evenings, work in on the weekends or whatever to get the job done. It doesn't matter when or where, just as long as you meet the deadline, right? Coming back full circle to like VPN and and working from home nowadays, we can have this work-life balance. And so women can do it all. And other women also respect the fact that you're a mom and that you are an executive. And I love that. And we all like look out for each other. And so... I, I encourage other women that if you have the opportunity to even say, I can help you with that, I promise you it, it will get returned to you tenfold. I'm always willing, like if, if someone comes to me saying, hey, Jill, can you get this project done for me because I got to take my kid to the dentist or I have, a, I have a soccer game or my kid has a recital or whatever, I'm like, you go, I'll take care of it mm-hmm. because then they return the favor when I need something. And so it's really teamwork. And I love to see that women are looking out for each other. 
Well, this is some of the great wisdom that we were able to hear through the leading Waco Women Summit that was uh, held recently. And again, you can see that video on the Waco Chamber website. I like to end these little visits with a questionnaire similar to the one the late great James Lipton used on Inside the Actor's Studio. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. Okay, well, all right. Here's your questions. What's your favorite word? <laughs> she giggles. Can I say that on air? Well, <laughs> well, this isn't on the air. This is a podcast, so I don't know. Look, Mr. Mr. Producer, oh, if we need to beep it out, we'll beep it out. <laughs> it's the S word. Oh, really? <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but it's kind of such a stress relief. Sorry, like you can go, oh, sh- sugar, right? Yes, sugar. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds terrible and I'm supposed to be a lady, but, you know, there's nothing like a good S word to just like, you know, you got a little tea kettle and it just kind of, yes, so there you go. That's my favorite word. All right. Well, that's a first. (laughs) So what's your least favorite word? Oh, my least favorite word. No. I see red when someone tells me no. So there you go. <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> no, knowing you the brief time. That yeah. I know. Okay, so what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Oh, man. I, I'm excitable, period. Um, but collaboration. But I love to see when, um, when there's a challenge, right? And then you are trying to solve that challenge. And I'm thinking marketing-wise. Mm-hmm. So maybe you are... Um, having a hard time opening doors for a particular customer. And so you're addressing this challenge. And so then you create some really creative marketing plan, like a video or a, you know, some sort of piece that really is going to answer that challenge. And so, and then you just get really excited about whatever that campaign is. And I know this sounds really dry, but I really just have a passion for that. Um, so from that's from a business perspective. From a spiritual perspective is, to me, everything around us is, is spiritual, right? It's nature. And so I, I really get energized when things were meant to be. So you know how, like, I talked about bare arms and we didn't have, we, we had put in offers on buildings and it didn't happen. In fact, this very building that you're we're in right now, mm-hmm. we put an offer in on this building. <laughs> really? And it was one that just didn't quite work out for us. Yeah. So, um, and then when Bear Arms presented to us to actually acquire Bear Arms Brewing, it was just like, wow, all of the two years that we had struggled to find something, it happened very quickly because it was meant to be. So I always look at something, it's just like, why is this difficult? It's difficult because it wasn't meant to be, and you need to shift gears. So that's what appeals me from a spiritual perspective. What was the last one? Well, emotionally. I mean, it's all kind of one. It's all kind of connected. Yeah, yeah. all connected. So what turns you off? Mm. Spiritually or creatively or emotionally? When someone says, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Just the negative yeah, aspect. Yeah, it's just like I'm always so positive that it's just like, let's figure it out. <laughs> Even though it's tough, don't ever say I can't because there's always where there's a will, there's a way. And even if it's difficult, kind of coming back to my last answer, that's not the right avenue. You just got to switch gears and keep switching gears or directions until something says yes. And then you can go down that road. What sound do you love the most? Water. I'm a water baby. 
I, 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 you know, grew up by the ocean, but a running stream or like, so if I get a massage or something, I always tell them to put on water sounds <laughs> or rain, you know, that that's probably my favorite sound. And what about your least favorite? A crying baby. <laughs> I've had one child and I'll tell you that under four was the most difficult time of my life. I'm not a good baby mom. I was a great four to 12 13 to 16. Eh. That can be iffy. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you, even I, I have a son who's 24, and I love being an adult mom. Yeah, We yeah. have such a great relationship. It's so fun right now. <laughs> and then I'm so looking forward to grandkids because then I can give them back when they cry. <laughs> oh, yeah, no kidding. That's the best, I'm telling you. What other professional would you profession would you have wanted to try? So I love... Um, forensic science shows and trying to figure yeah. out how um, it, it's kind of the science of it, you know, and it, it's the whodunit kind of situation. So I thought early on, probably maybe in high school, that I might have wanted to be some sort of, you know, investigator, a crime scene investigator or something in that criminal kind of aspect. Mm -hmm. But um, I was told I was a little too perky for that. <laughs> And I thought, wow, to have a career really? council tell me that, that was odd. That but is odd. <laughs> yeah, um, that I probably didn't have the mindset to be able to do that, but it's still fascinating to me today. Mm -hmm. um, so when a woman, my first, uh, how I got started in marketing, she kind of, she owned a marketing firm, a PR firm in tech, and she took a liking to me and she says, Jill, have you ever thought of a career in marketing? And I'm like, what's marketing? I had no idea. And um, I'm so grateful that she saw my perkiness because, you know, as marketeers, we're, you know, cheerleaders for a company or a yes, product or a person. So my perky, and I use that air quotes, perky mm -hmm. personality has mm -hmm. worked out in marketing. <laughs> yeah. So I can see that. So what profession do you know you would not want to do? Nur nursery, you know, worker? <laughs> yeah, um, an engineer. Oh, really? So even oh, that though, surprises me. Even though I'm in tech, um, it's right brain, left brain. Right? Yeah, yeah. And my husband is an engineer by trade. He has probably been in, uh, you know, CTO, chief technology officer for 40 years before he, um, you know, started the brewery. He's been brewing for 30 years as a home brewer. But, you know, he had a long career in technology and as an engineer. And the way that their brain works Mine doesn't work that way, mm -hmm. so I could never do that. I understand what I call engineers, and I can take that language and turn it into, you know, human speak and, and and you know, how uh, someone who's in business or finance would interpret that. I can interpret engineers, but I could never be an engineer. That's an important skill to have, though. It is. For you, absolutely. All right, finally, what do you want to hear God say to you as you arrive at the pearly gates? I understand I have a philosophy, gosh, and I don't know if I should share this on the air, but um, I truly believe that when I stand in front of the Lord, um, in front of the pearly gates, that he's going to ask me, because we're, we're our largest critics. We are our hardest judges. And he's going to say, how did you live your life? Because I'm going to know. So I hope that he just shakes his head and goes, I understand. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful, beautifully said. <laughs> all right. So so uh, how can folks get in touch with you? First of all, where is Bear Arms? We haven't given an address. We gave a pretty good commercial, but we are off the traffic circle on LaSalle. OK, so just as you get on LaSalle from the traffic circle, you're we're right there on the left. So um, two five one five LaSalle Avenue. Right. And we've been there for five years. So 
please come and visit us. We've got a very cool tap room. And Yaks, if they want to learn more about your other Go business. Go to yaksinc.com, mm-hmm. Y-A-X-X-I-N-C.com. It's been a delight. Thank you so much. Jill okay. King. Thank you so much, Anna. This was fun. <laughs> Good. I appreciate it. Good. That was my goal. <laughs> Bye-bye, y'all. Bye. Central Texas Living is part of the Rogue Media Network family. Be sure to check out their other shows at RogueMediaNetwork.com. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Living, the podcast. while managing a family? Are you tired of trying to balance home and work and everything seems to be coming up short? Then there's a podcast made just for you. Baking Your Business from Scratch is where we create the perfect recipe for building a successful business while managing your home and family with love. Come join us and see for yourself. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.